I think. Are you, could you move over? Because you've got all the duvet. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, get cold. <laughs> Welcome to um, the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast, I think it's number 21. I think it is. And uh, I literally have no idea how this is going to sound, because we're recording this um, in, uh, what's the word? It's outside it? broadcast kind it's of thing, It's an outside it? broadcast, yes. but most excitingly it's coming from a pod. It's coming from an actual pod, so if we explain, uh, we'll put a picture on the website if we can. Yeah. Um, uh, I have joined Joe, my wife and I rather, have joined Joe and Rachel okay. and several of our other friends for uh, a few days. In um, in Scotland, Ochai uh, Ochai uh-huh. yeah. the new to our Scottish listeners because I believe that's culturally appropriate. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, so we're and we're staying in this pod, what they call a pod, because <laughs> we didn't we, want we're you staying in with in us. A, no, that's right. So <laughs> we're staying, house. and it's rather lovely. It's it's uh, for a man who's written a book about a shed. This is like idyllic because it's it is, a yeah. it's a sort of curvy shed thing with a shower and a sink and. A double bed, but it has got a double bed, so Joe and I are perched on the double bed, yeah. thus fueling many more rumours. I would have thought. I would have thought. Anyway, so um, yeah, and and because this is holiday, this podcast, this this episode may be a little bit more thrown together than normal. And shorter. And shorter. And slightly more hungover. Yeah. Well, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna <laughs> tell people right. why. <laughs> Not that we're struggling. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um. Here's the uh, here's the thing. What do we normally do at this point? I say, yeah, yeah. Some, how you how's your week been? So yeah. uh, yeah, we kind of know in a way how's your the week's week been. been glorious. The weather's been great. We are in the most beautiful it's, idyllic it place. It's uh, oh, it's Coldingham, which is just north of the border, just north of Berwick upon Tweed, and the coast and the sea and everything is stunning. And the bird watching, you've the been, bird you've watching seen a lot is. Of I have seen stuff, a lot you? of birds. Mm. So it's very happy. Oh, yes, it does. That's yeah. Good. So um, yes. Um, uh, so let's go, well, let's get on with correspondence. Yeah. Shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Shall yeah, we? Shall we? Uh, just just put this one in. Someone said, uh, "Have you watched Broken? BBC One. If not, I cannot recommend it to you highly enough." This was yes, I have watched it, and it was fantastic. You haven't seen it, have you? No, I don't really watch much television apart from the cricket highlights, to be honest, um, and very obscure documentaries on BBC Four. <laughs> okay. So but apart from that, so this starred Scene Bean. Oh, and Doctor Who obviously. as as a priest. Good old scene. CNBN. CNBN. And uh, it just perfectly portrayed the whole dilemmas of being a priest in an urban town, all the pressures on you, plus you're dealing with your own demons. Mm. It was fantastically written by Jim McGovern. And uh, yeah, I think it's on iPlayer till about the 3rd of August or something. So. And Watch did it. that sort of resonate with your own experience? Oh, I mean, obviously it's going to be exaggerated for one dramatic of, effect. One of the darkest times I've faced in pastoral ministry, I mean, just one, there were many, <laughs> was um, someone came to me and they told me something that, that had I not have reported it to the authorities and then it came out later that I knew but hadn't reported it, I would have gone to prison. Right, wow. So he's... And, and people don't realise you're under that sort of... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, no. And people tell you all kinds of stuff, yeah. which is why nothing surprises me anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean, you know, you can look back and smile, but, I mean, though, you know, I did not sleep for 
for a couple of weeks. Wow. I remember it well. God. Anyway, so there we go. Anyway, just to say that was resolved, and thankfully. I'm glad, okay. I'm glad I told you now. Your authority, <laughs> your authority is very good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good. Right. Moving yeah, on. So that's, that's not very... That's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not very go funny, on, but on. there you are. Someone did say about... More know, stuff. Uh, broken. It was great. Okay, so we had a lovely uh, email from Helen that I'm not going to read all of, but it was just tremendous. Thank you, Helen. She says, I'm a wife and mum to four gorgeous and exhausting little children. I think things changed when I had our twin girls in 2009. I've always been to church and been rather zealous at times and very much busy serving in various ways. But when the children came along, suddenly I felt no longer useful and couldn't serve in the same way I used to. And certainly got the impression from our vicar at that time that I wasn't going to be helpful for a few years. Um, I had no energy to read the Bible or pray like I used to every day. Gosh, I was keen. Faith <laughs> was suddenly on a back burner and two little munchkins, munchkins took out all the effort I had, leaving God somewhere else. Two more children later and the situation hasn't really changed. I've been taught that God loves me just as I am. I can't earn his love. But my experience of church life and a university CU really does reflect a different mentality, mm. which has perhaps ingrained in me that God loves everyone equally, but those who serve and work hard and turn up to church prayer meetings, he probably loves a little bit more. I'm not able to help and serve in the ways that I'd like to at the moment, so I think my whole attitude and thinking really needs adjusting to see that God's love is not conditional. When Nick was saying God really loves you, I almost believed he was talking to me, so there's hope for me yet. And then she also went on to say, I'm also a scientist by trade and so much else I could say. But I think there's more than enough for now. Just one suggestion would be really nice to hear your in interview a female on your show. That would be great. Uh, oh, that is so true. Thanks for encouraging us to write in. It's been quite therapeutic. Uh, keep making us laugh. Well, thank you, thank Helen. You. Thank you, Helen. Wonderful. So email. a few things there I, uh, that we have um, plans afoot. For, we're aware of the gender imbalance, oh, it's particularly so that within Joe. Oh. And so we are, we are aware. <laughs> we're, we're, we're plans in foot for um, uh, guests of the opposite gender. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that's good. Um, yeah, and that kind of thing. I mean, somebody, my friend at work once said to me, uh, he, the definition of evangelical, I don't know if I've told this before, the definition of an evangelical is someone who can never pray enough or read the Bible enough. And you probably add to that or turn up to enough church meetings yeah. or something like that. And that theology uh, of works... I've heard a different definition. Have you? <laughs> yeah. I've heard an evangelical is someone who's afraid there's somebody somewhere else having a good time. <laughs> That's not fair. That's a particular That's kind of evangelical. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, I think um, you know that that theology of works is so ingrained in us, really, and and it's helpful. I think if we can just disassociate the two, so it is a good thing actually to serve. You know, I'm not, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a good thing to go to um, yeah. a church if that's yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that yeah, nourishes yeah. you and to be part of a community. But it doesn't make you, you know, you don't score points for it. Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 separate from the whole it, love thing. It, I think exactly so. And also, it's that whole thing about what's valuable and the sacred secular stuff, which we banged on about so much yes, before. About yes. you know what could be a more sacred holy task than bringing up children. But it's just it just it feels like going to a church meeting is more important than changing a nappy. Whereas actually, that well, I think it's true. The, the, a, a vicar friend of mine once talked about seasons a lot, uh, and I thought that I found that incredibly mm. helpful. That there are seasons in your life where you just have to accept you can't do certain things, and yeah. 
and it would be good if everybody accepted that there were yeah. seasons in your yeah. life. Yeah, and don't it, wish the can... season away. No, indeed. Embrace yes, it and yes. feel it. If it's sure a cold, chilly that. season, you know, it's cold and it's chilly yeah. and somehow find yeah. ways to enjoy it. Anyway. Good. Okay, we've got one here from a certain person called David Page. Ah. Oh. And he says... Hello. Hi, Joe and brother. Yeah, hello. Uh, <laughs> he says, I've been catching up the podcast. <laughs> this is not going to go well, <laughs> I think. <laughs> anyway, he says some nice things about the show. And he says, as Nick knows, I led a church 24 years, but I'm now what one, one might term a floating Christian. Not in a faith sense, in any way, but certainly as far as church goes. Mm. And I know I'm too late to get this on the correct episode, but my note to my younger self would be, one, it is true, you are a better cricketer than your brother. <laughs> <laughs> Two, don't worry about what happens to the hair. You will meet a wonderful woman who strangely will not seem to care. Amen. Three, yeah. don't always believe that people tell you what people tell you Jesus is like. Take time to find out for yourself. Mm. That's great. Mm. Four, develop your relationship with Jesus above everything else that you will get involved in. And uh, he says, cheers, chaps, and keep up the good work. How lovely of him. He's yeah. a lovely, lovely man. And um... Well, I wondered where the lovely jeans went. <laughs> yeah, they went one direction. <laughs> swiveled off. Found out. <laughs> Thanks so much for writing. I'd yeah, love him, to meet you one day, David. There is no way that he is a better cricketer than me. Well, no, that's that's And then um, uh, one from Peter. who uh, He says, uh, you asked your listeners how personal change takes place. And here's the view that I subscribe to. I free myself not by trying to be free, but by simply noticing how I am imprisoning myself in the very moment I am imprisoning myself. I might have to say that again. Mm, go on then. So it's a quote from Rick Carson, Taming Your Gremlin. He says, I free myself not by trying to be free, but by simply noticing how I am imprisoning myself in the very moment I am imprisoning myself. And he says, okay, so it's a bit zen, but come on. For many of us, a lifetime is not enough to take down the well-built defences we've spent our yeah. childhood learning. Keep up the great... Uh, there's, there's something in that. I mean, I, I so I think what, what he's talking about there is that self-awareness thing yeah. and that, and that uh, noticing how um, your ingrained habits or your character or your... Yeah. your, 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 your your failings or whatever um, trap you and just being aware of that and not being perhaps too obsessed in a sense with getting rid of them completely because some of them you know yeah. we can yeah. we can be aware of we can notice I mean I think that the um, one of the best things that ever, ever, said, ever said to me uh, about you know my own kind of uh, particular failings or, or the mm. way I would feel in certain situations mm. and I knew I was going to feel that mm. um, I mean I'll, I'll be honest when sometimes when I go into um, uh, if I'm going into a, a situation where I sit and listen and somebody's presenting at the front and mm. there's this bit of me that is obsessed with status and going mm. that should be me up there mm. Mm. and I used to kind of I used to get so hung up on it because it, it used to think it's I'm gonna I'm not gonna think mm. this way this time. It's not gonna because yeah, yeah. if it happens, it ruins everything. And then you'd go in, and it would happen. Yeah. And uh, a, a friend of ours, Kine, said to me, he said, "Well, you should just acknowledge it. If it's gonna happen, you go well. There it is, and yeah. move on. Yeah, that's so and that's good. so helpful with things these things that we we really don't want to happen. And and as yeah. we become more Christ-like, hopefully they wouldn't happen, but but, but you know, it, when they do happen, not, almost if you fight it, 
you give it more energy. Yeah, yeah. So it's just noticing. Yeah. Here's 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 one of the games I play. Yeah. It's corrupt other game, but I'm not going to give it energy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there it is, and that means you can you can then go back to the moment and go back into what you and it doesn't ruin it. I used to think oh, I was going to ruin the whole session if I think that because then I'd be sinful. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, deal with it. But but it's um. That's really helpful. Thank you, okay. Peter. And uh, John wrote in. He said, first I want to thank uh, you guys for the podcast. Uh, resonate with a lot of things you talk about. Blah blah blah. I was prompted to write by your mention of the Enneagram, which is a tool I found really helpful in beginning to truly know myself. There's a quote from Thomas Merton. You're going to like this. Mm. It says, "For me to be a saint means to be myself." Therefore, the problem of sanctity and salvation is, in fact, the problem of finding out who I am and of discovering my true self. Mm. Oh, and then he goes on to say, I'm a nine, the peacemaker, which is on the Enneagram. And one of the shadow sides of this number is, while I'm aware of everyone else, there's a sense in which I've fallen asleep to my own nature. I think change can only come when you come to an awakening of who you are and why you do the things you do, often subtly. Consciously. Anyway, thanks again, and I'm interested in the weekend if it ever happens. Never going to happen. Well, it could be a day. We know that. Right. Anyway, okay. thank you, John. That's, I say, John, uh, that's brilliant, really good. Thank you. And I think that's we did talk about it in I think episode two about Jung's idea of individuation becoming who you yeah. truly are. And, Do you actually um, remember what we've said? In other, that's very good. Uh, I remember that one because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was very good. <laughs> but anyway, no. Um, yeah, it's. It, I think that's absolutely the thing to become who you truly are, who God created you to be. Yeah, yeah. wonderful. So um, uh, we don't have much more really to throw in on this part, but I did. Yeah. I thought it was worthwhile when we were up here in this part of the world, mm. with such its heritage and Christianity, just talking yeah. about what draws you to this place. Because you've not, but you've. We're in sort of Northumbria, the borders yes, area. Yes, so we've been to Northumbria just north before, of Holy Island. Never, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been to Lindisfarne and, you know, Iona and places like that. What is it that draws you to these kinds of places? Yeah. Yeah, because there is, I mean, I know you're not fond on just taking snippets from the Celtic tradition and calling it Celtic. Well, no, no, <laughs> That's no, a bugbear of yours, but, you know, this idea of thin places. Yeah, no, I like that idea. The sense of that you, you become aware of, you know, the bigger dimension, I guess, mm. of heaven and earth. And and I think that is definitely true. You you there's something about certain places. Mm. Now I know everything is sacred and Lord knows we've tried to bang the drum about not having a sacred secular divide. Uh, and so I'm saying this as as within the context of that and I guess a, as a paradox to hold on to, that some places just do seem to have a real special sense that does something deep within you. You breathe in the air, you look at the view, and somehow you start to feel differently uh, about the world you live in. And it's so different to, you know, being sat in your office doing emails and, you know, just in the normal routine, you step out into this bigger space with lots of sky and, and, and you know, lots of nature, I guess, all around. And it, I, I really believe it does something for your soul that is good and it doesn't have to be you know out in the wilds of Scotland necessarily I mean I, I have to say a sacred place for me is sat in my garden um, you know watching the birds and seeing watching the weeds grow as the case may be um, but you know I have a similar thing the colour yeah the space the, the, the I think my my feeling on it changed entirely in a way um, around the, for, for, through a bit of travel um, 
in that uh, firstly I went to Jerusalem in 2006 and I went with the good kind of evangelical kind of idea of God mm. is everywhere and all this is flim flammery and you know and I, I, I don't want to diss <laughs> Californian that whiffle. Californian whiffle or, well <laughs> Eastern Orthodox Californian whiffle uh, and, and I didn't want to I don't want to diss that in a way because that's absolutely true the the, the you know the the evangelical idea, even the the Protestant kind of idea, that God is in the home as much as in yeah. anywhere else is absolutely true. But I f I, much to my surprise, I found the uh, Church of the Anastasis, the the, the the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, as we call it, um, uh, incredibly moving, incredibly moving, and I had a profound experience sitting at about six a.m. in. Um, and a Coptic Orthodox service, which is held around the back of the the tomb, because they've all got they've all got different bits of the the church, you know, that they own, and they fight oh, really? over it. Yeah, it's a tremendously <laughs> unholy history. To this they fight. So they get the the, the Coptic <laughs> Orthodox have got the bit around the back, Did they? and I was they got sitting. The cheap bit. I was sitting. Well, not as cheap as the Ethiopian Orthodox who are up on the roof. Um, they, I I, I, uh, I was sitting in there, I'm not really understanding a word apart from some occasional fragments of Greek, and. Um, but found it immensely moving, and I thought there is something about this place. And then a few years later, I went to Patmos um, to to write a book about the uh, Revelation. And again, I went to the cave of the Apocalypse, which is a church now, and it, and it's not the place, you know. And historically, the historian me knows it's not the place where mm. John had the re uh, Revelation, or it could be, but so could anywhere else on that island, you know. It's just for a thousand mm. years. People have prayed there, yeah. and people have come there. Now, is it does that make the place special, or is it my expectation that makes yeah. the place special, or is it? And I, uh, uh, there's a quote in um, Little Gidding by Eliot, T. S. Eliot, where he, I think it's something like here where prayer has been made valid, or something like that. I'll, I'll have to find the right thing and re-record this bit. Um, <laughs> make me sound better, um, but it. It, there's a bit, uh, you know, because prayer has been there for so many thousand years, for yeah. each day, maybe there is something about that place. Maybe there is something special about um, yeah. Holy Island, about Iona, about um, yeah. these these. And then bringing places. it back down to earth again, I mean, you wrote a whole book about sheds. I did. So what is it about your shed space? Um, I think it's the intentionality of it, that the shed became a place where I go and Pray and it and it is kind of like a small homemade chapel kind of thing, and yeah. um, and it became it, uh, there's something about I think having a place in your life which is sacred, where, where you take yeah. off your shoes as it were, and which is holy ground. You take you. off your shoes when you go into your shed. I don't take off my shoes because <laughs> on doctor's advice I've been told. Well, really, actually, on environmental health grounds, the the council have said please. <laughs> no longer do that. You're killing the wildlife. Um, no, but you know, uh, metaphorically, yeah. where you go. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, for sure, you, sure. obviously, one of yeah. the other places is the beach, and I think tonight yeah. we I might. I going to say the bar. Yeah, the so. bar. Well, why can't the bar be a sacred yeah, place? I suppose it is harder, but you know. Um, no, it is the beach. No, and that's why you, I go to the beach every single and day. And tonight, yeah. I think you're planning for us a little animal sacrifice and one we, of your Californian whiffy bits down the beach. I mean, I should tell the humble viewers, as as is always the case, I'm surrounded by people far more intelligent than me. Mm -hmm. right let alone my wife and everyone but you know there's you the author Dave the doctor and the professor of clinical psychology on our little holiday trip and yes. you know 
muggins here. It's quite middle class this holiday, isn't it? I do like, like to perpetuate this continuing insecurity <laughs> in my life. Are you really insecure? <laughs> How can I make you insecure? No, not especially. Well, you're a very intelligent man. Anyway, anyway. Uh, aside from all that, yeah, I mean, you know, I think the thing we all have in common, though from vastly different traditions, is that we all, you know, loosely speaking, are trying to follow Jesus. No, mm. not even loosely speaking, very intentionally speaking, are trying to follow Jesus. So, yeah, we'll do something on the beach involving stones and circles and sea, I'm thinking. How lovely. Well, um, so I suppose we would... Why do we talk about this? Because I think one of the ways... We've been talking about tools for change, and one of the ways... Um, that you can change, I think, or that, that gives the space to change, is to, in a sense, a little pilgrimage. You know, either go somewhere that's sacred to you, or your daily pilgrimage. Go to a, yeah. a, go on a walk that means something to you, or find that sacred mm-hmm. space, that place where, um, you know, you can you can pray, and perhaps it will be a uh, a church, or perhaps it will be something else entirely. Or a room, yeah, or a, yeah, 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 or a flower growing out of a wall, or a, yeah, it can be. But I do find I do find it helps because um, and one of the other places I've loved to go and worship is um, there's a Quaker meeting house in Burford, where uh, which is again a lovely sort of eighteenth century oak panel. And you, almost the silence has seeped right. into the the walls of this place That's because really people have been quiet there for so long. And I I like going there occasionally. So I think place place matters. I'd be interested to hear from love- people what your sacred places are really and whether you think this is a load of um, well, it's it's it's, yeah. it's more Catholic whiffle than anything else, really. This well, one's made in California, isn't it? Yeah. So, is this Catholic whiffle, or are there <laughs> such a thing as sacred spaces? And what are your sacred spaces? Where are the places that you go yeah. that do something that centre you, that ground you, that give you a sense of the other? What what are those places for you? Yeah, write in and let us know. And uh, yes, uh, so apologies if this is a bit more thrown together than normal, but um, uh, <laughs> if that's you know, possible, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it but, is, but, and we're um, sorry. <laughs> well, I don't know if I am sorry, really. No, I just I am must be because I just apologised. Yeah. Well, you're on holiday. So, see, I can't even get the ending right on this one, can I? <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, um, right. So, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back with perhaps a more measured and um, slightly more energetic episode yeah. in a few weeks' time. Thanks ever so much for writing in. And keep sending in your tools yeah. for change. Do. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye.